Welcome to Safety Bites, a weekly podcast on all things related to workplace safety, hosted by me, Jason Schaffenbuhl. The thoughts expressed in this podcast are based upon my opinion and general best practices, which may not apply to all listeners. Always consult with a qualified professional before making any changes in your organization. Safety audits are a key component of a successful safety program. Audits can help you identify weaknesses in your safety program so you can take corrective actions to prevent employee injuries or ensure compliance. OSHA, as part of their Voluntary Protection Program, requires safety audits and hazard identification as elements of highly successful safety programs. However, I often see employers roll out safety audit programs that do little to improve workplace safety. Here are some of the most common weaknesses I see with safety audits and the steps to overcome them. The majority of safety audits focus on compliance issues and not what's really leading to loss. I'm not aware of any current research on what percent of workplace injuries could be eliminated with strict compliance with OSHA regulations, but one study I read more than 20 years ago has stuck with me. The authors, and I do not remember their names, indicated that less than 20% of workplace injuries were related to non-compliance with OSHA regulations. So, the cause of more than 80% of workplace injuries are not covered by OSHA regulations. I suspect this is still the case. Manual material handling and slips and falls are traditionally the leading sources of workers' compensation claims in most industries, and motor vehicle accidents are the leading cause of workplace fatalities. These three exposures are not regulated by OSHA. Your safety audit should be focused not only on the critical compliance issues you may be concerned about, but also issues that are leading to injuries in the workplace. For example, are employees provided with the necessary resources, and are they using them to minimize manual material handling injuries? Are sources of contaminants such as water, snow, ice, oil, sawdust controlled to prevent slip hazards? In addition to ensuring your audit is focused on what is causing injuries, be sure that it is relevant to the work being performed. You may have to create several safety audits. For example, the audit you use in the manufacturing portion of your organization should cover different items than the audit for the office, or shipping and receiving, or painting. In healthcare organizations, The hazards the maintenance employees are exposed to and are causing injuries are very different than the hazards direct care staff are exposed to, so you probably need two different safety audits, one for each department. Another problem is that most employers use the same audit for several years with no changes, thereby limiting the breadth of what is being audited. If an audit program is working properly, the items on the audit should be changing routinely, every two to three audit cycles. Why? Well, If the audit is working and corrective actions are being taken, then the deficiencies being looked for in the audit will go away. Once you're not finding the items listed on the audit form, it's time to change the form to cover new issues. And if the same audit items are being found over and over on each audit, then there are bigger problems with your safety program. This means that the corrective actions are either not being taken or the actions you are taking aren't appropriate and not getting to the root of the problem and more audits are not going to fix this. Finally, remember an audit only tells you that a problem exists. It does not tell you what the cause of the problem is. It's a diagnostic tool. Think of an audit as a thermometer. It tells you if you have a temperature, but it does not tell you what is causing the fever. So, with a fever, we may take an aspirin to make ourselves feel better, but whatever is causing the fever remains. With an audit, we do the equivalent. We tell someone to fix the problem. For example, let's say when we audit, we find an emergency exit blocked by a pallet of raw material to be used in production. We tell someone to fix the problem by having them simply remove the pallet blocking the exit. However, tomorrow the person that initially blocked the exit has another place to store material, the same spot cleared out yesterday when we had the pallet removed. 
If we were to conduct another safety audit, we would find the same problem. By simply removing the pallet, we are not getting to the root of understanding why the materials are blocking the emergency exit, and we are never going to really fix the problem. We are only addressing the symptoms. We have to find out why the space is being used for storage. Is there not enough storage space for products waiting for production? Or maybe materials are stored in the exit because it's the closest space available to where they are needed for production. Only after we address the underlying problem of storage can we expect to see the symptoms, the blocked exit, go away permanently. Now that we've covered the audit itself, let's talk about the people in terms of who is doing the audit and how they are trained. Have you trained your auditors on what specifically they are looking for? Supervisors and safety committee members are often responsible for completing safety audits, yet they never have any training on conducting the audit. Very few audit questions are specific enough to make it clear what auditors should be looking for and what proper compliance looks like. The audit may ask a question about whether electrical cords are in a safe condition. However, the question does not talk about all the conditions that could make a cord potentially unsafe, such as damaged or missing insulation, signs of crushing, improper size, improper repairs, or overheating. We assume that the auditor is aware of all of these conditions and knows how to assess them. If the auditors are not aware of what is right and wrong in every question, they cannot thoroughly audit your facility. To overcome this, you need to write very specific audit questions related to the precise items you are looking for, or train your auditors on the questions and what specifically they should be looking for. Do your auditors conduct the safety audit for their own areas of the facility? Many employers think that supervisors should audit their own areas so that they can take corrective actions. This can work, but keep the organizational culture in mind. If you have a culture that blames employees for not being perfect or for showing weakness, then how likely is it that the supervisor will be honest and thorough in doing the survey? The supervisor may want to avoid the perception of poor audit performance. If the supervisor audits his own area and doesn't call attention to all the problems, he may actually get rewarded if your culture values perfection. Some companies assign the responsibility for safety audits to supervisors of other areas. Again, depending upon your organizational culture, sometimes the auditor tries to make the department look bad and it becomes a contest to see who can find the most efficiencies. To me, it's not about who does the audit. It's about creating an organizational culture that promotes safety, including hazard recognition and correction, so employees can be as safe as possible so that first, injuries are avoided, and second, the company stays in compliance with OSHA. So, your homework for today is that you take a few minutes to think about the safety audit program you have in place, or if you don't have an audit program, think about how you can implement one. Your audit program needs to have audits with concise audit questions focused on the key compliance and injury-causing issues your organization faces. The auditors need to be trained on the audit questions and what they should be looking for regarding each question. In addition, you need to change up the audit questions as deficiencies are permanently corrected. This leads to the biggest weakness in safety auditing programs I see. It's where the completion of the audit becomes the objective and not correcting the deficiencies. There needs to be more focus on corrective measures than on the audit itself. If your priority is on the audit, you will never achieve a safe workplace as you cannot audit yourself to safety without corrective actions. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and will join me next week. Until then, create a safer workplace and email me if you have any questions or suggestions.